sponsored by Raise Energy. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Raise Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink that aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can of Raise Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option. You should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Raise Energy. If you want to get yourself a can of Raise Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com. Use my promo code HPP1000, HPP1000 at checkout, and you will receive a generous discount. Welcome to the HodgePodge Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Hodge, but you guys already know that. I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Twitter, at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge. You can follow the podcast as well over on Instagram if you want at the HodgePodge Podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you are listening to this great podcast, YouTube as well, hit that five-star review and the subscribe button. That way you can get episodes every single Monday when we do come out. Leaving that five-star review and writing a review helps us grow on the podcast charts and helps us be a bigger and better podcast. And we would greatly appreciate that. I would greatly appreciate that. If you have something negative to say, hey, then just don't leave a review. I'd much rather you um, ignore me than leave a one-star review. My personal opinion. Just some updates here um, as we roll through the beginning of this show. One, we are no longer doing the podcast episode about the best Quentin Tarantino movies. Um, I don't want to do it alone. And I could not find a time to record uh, with the guest that was going to be on the episode. So that show is canceled. I'm still working on uh, the Foo Fighters, the better album between their first and their second album. I'm working on a new, um, you know, what's the best artist album. And this is going to be Ed Sheeran this time. And I'm working on that now. I'm doing... You know, writing. Um, I, I I have always told myself I would never write scripts for a podcast, but for these, I like these to be a little bit more professional, and they're actually easier to 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 learn about and to research when you just put it into one big script. Um, and so that's that's what I'm doing. I'm doing research, not not really putting it in a script, but I'm taking the information, the research, and I'm writing it. Um, typing it down into my laptop and I'm printed off and I read, you know, stuff like that. So it's not necessarily a script, but I do read something while I do that. We are still doing the best albums of 2021. We are going to do those um, later this year. I'm trying to figure out a date to actually record because I'm not going to be able to record um, in December like I usually do. We're going to record in you know, later this month in November and release it after Christmas because um, December is going to be a packed, packed month for me. Also, have you guys saw the new, I, I don't know if it's new, but there's this documentary on HBO Max and I think it's called Baby God and it's about this guy, this doctor that, you know, the women come to him to you know, they can't get pregnant, so they come and they inseminate them. The guy was actually giving them his own sperm and had like thousands of different children. And they just now figured out after the guy died, you know, however many years ago. It's a crazy documentary, and I wonder. I wonder if this guy could have gotten trouble. I don't know if that, is this illegal. And I'm asking this because I don't feel like doing looking that up. But is is it illegal to, you know, if you have the sperm sample of a man and he wants, you know, the wife can't, they're having trouble having kids, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you place your own sperm instead of the man's sperm inside the woman, is that illegal? If so, how is it illegal? Because 
it's very, very fucking wrong. I mean, it's it's effed up. But I don't. Is it illegal? That's that's my question. I don't know. Anyways, you guys should watch it. it it's not. It's like an hour and fifteen minutes. Like I love short movies like that. You know, I am all for a three-hour, four-hour superhero movie. I'm all for that. But for some reason. When they say, oh man, we're doing this movie and it's going to be three hours long. I always go, why? Because it's tough for me right now between working and, and doing the podcast and doing interviews and doing and doing my normal life stuff. It's, it's hard enough now to even watch a 90-minute movie, um, let alone a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Um, but there will be movie reviews at the end of this podcast. I've been promising that for so long, and I have fallen short, but I already have them recorded, and they're going to be from TikTok. But you guys can go follow me on TikTok. You don't have to. I just put movie reviews up there uh, because they are like a minute and a half to two minutes, and I think that is easier than getting on here and doing a five, six-minute speech about a movie. Um, so I just kind of get right down to it and give you my score and stuff like that. That is also at the HodgePodge podcast. Um, I post clips of the podcast as well. You know, the Hayden Carpen, uh, the Hayden Kaufman, Hayden Carpenter. I don't know where that's coming from, but the Hayden Kaufman episode is doing very, very well. Um, not that I didn't expect it to, but I never expect my podcast to do well. I mean, I'm a nobody from you know, Southern Mississippi that's doing a podcast. <laughs> so I never, I never think they're doing well. Then once they're like, oh my, like, wow. Obviously I knew they were going to do that number, but once I just see it, I'm still, I'm still in shock and, 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 and kind of, it's unbelievable to me that they could do that. So, but before we jump into the actual interview, I want to go over something real quick. I want to tell you guys about this. So Global Life Liberty National is doing a $3,000 accidental death policy and no cost to you. All you have to do is hit me up on my email or follow me on my socials and send me a private message. And I get you guys set up with that. And you can also get a chance to win two tickets to the New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys game on December 2nd. Or $500 cash money. Just that easy. Just by messaging me and getting this no-cost policy. Just that easy, man. So hit me up on my Instagram at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge. Or send an email to the podcast at thehodgepodgeproductions at gmail.com. Or if you're friends with me on Facebook and you're listening to this, hit me up on there as well. I'll get you guys set up with this and get you into the enter the raffle for the tickets or the $500 cash money. Now that that's out of the way, I'd like to thank Ray's Energy for sponsoring the podcast. Not going to do a little um, excerpt here. That's always in the beginning of the podcast. So thanks to Ray's Energy for making this episode possible. All right, on the podcast today. Is my bud Jared Grubb. Jared Grubb's talking about his grandpa growing up. How his grandpa was an actual real life lumberjack. He competed in all these lumberjack, you know, who can get up the, the tree faster with a chainsaw, etc. We're also talking a lot about the vaccine. There's a good chat about the vaccine. Should it be trusted? Should it not be trusted? Why I got it and why he chose not to get it. We don't we don't get political, but we do just give our thoughts. There's also talk about the morning versus the night shows at Tootsie's in Nashville. He's played both, and he gives his thoughts on which is better and and, and how they differ for those that don't know. We're also chatting his favorite conspiracy, which happens to be Michael Jackson is still alive. We also watched this video of Michael Jackson, air quote Michael Jackson, supposedly getting out of the corner van on the day he was pronounced dead. We also chat about his new single, What She's Drinking On, all that and more right here, right now on the HodgePodge Podcast.
What's up, dude? We're, what in the world? Are you taking your morning jog? No, you know what I'm doing is, let me show you this. How do you, how do you flip it around? Oh, here like, yeah. I've never, I've never done this. I'm, I'm doing a concrete job, but here's why. The, uh, my buddy and I, when, when the lockdown was in process, uh-huh. we just, I, I couldn't play music. Nobody could play music. You know? yeah. Nobody could do anything. So we started a concrete company. And, you know, I, since after it, everything opened up, I've been playing on Broadway and everything in Nash- here in Nashville. And he kept his concrete company going. Anyways, um, he needs a break from his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, dude, come help me with this job today. And the proceeds, all the proceeds of this job go to our Bahamas trip courtesy of Dale joy concrete. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Have you always like, how did concrete come into the picture? Because have you, have you like, why concrete? Why not? You know, what is it about concrete? It was really him. He's we're both actually from the same town in Montana and like, I've known him. I'm older than he is, but I've known him since he, you know, since we were kids. Mm-hmm. And um, he he did concrete in Kalispell back home. And I've been in the construction. Also, when you're from Montana, you just know how to do stuff. Like, you just know how to be a contractor, it seems like, somehow. It's just like part of being, a, it's part of your Montana card, you know. Where are you from? I am from Mississippi. Nice. Not not very exciting at all. <laughs> <laughs> My response was nice. Nice. Yeah. You know, I've just never been. I don't know much about it. I not played much. ball. <laughs> I played baseball with some guys from Mississippi. That's all I know about it. <laughs> and they they could also play guitar. I remember. So, so you, you you mentioned you're from Montana. Are you from like a like a ranch family, a country family like that, or is it kind of like the the city of Montana? Not really. I mean, Montana doesn't even have a city, really. <laughs> but I'm from Kalispell, and so have you ever heard of Glacier National Park? Yes. Um, right out by the Canadian border. Like I'm basically an honorary Canadian. Gotcha. Um, so a beautiful spot. And my dad is like, he was, he was raised in Texas and he met my mom who's from Montana. So not, not ranch, not rancherish at all. And my dad's like a sales guy. And so no, yeah, basically the town of Kalispell and yeah, we were, we were pretty citified folk. You would say. But so when you were growing up, your mom was from Montana. Was she part of that? What was her background? Because you mentioned your dad was in sales. Was mm. she kind of part of the the farming place? Was she kind of you know citified as well? No, good question. Not citified at all. My because my grandpa was a logger. We, so okay. I come from like a logging family. So we were like, I spent my childhood going up to my grandpa's logging camps and fly fishing and. And yeah, and my, my grandpa, I need to mention is 1978 and 79 all around Montana state logging champion. So I was trying to mention that. Whoa, whoa, what does that mean? Like, did he do like a logging you know, lo- competition? Logging... I, I understand what a lot, yeah, you... he, he's a logger. I understand. He takes, you know, trees yeah. and it, I understand that we have those here. We have a logging company here. What, what is a logging champion? Is he like, is it like a rodeo for loggers? Exactly. So you've seen like okay. the axe throw. Everybody knows the axe yeah, throw because there's right, like right. axe throw bars now. And then there's like, how fast can you shimmy up the log? <laughs> and there's like, actually, oh, my buddy Dale. You. Yeah. And the, how, the saw one and then the balance one where you're kind of like a lumberjack, you know, in, in the water, 100% lumberjack. Yeah. In fact, I think that's what they call it. I've never done it, but. The lumberjack competitions, they're terrific. So is your grandpa a jacked up big guy, like looking like an actual lumberjack? Or is he like just, you know, oh, a yeah. bean pole? 100% jacked up. Really? Like he, well, but not ripped, but his like hands and forearms 
were just like clubs, you know? Ooh, so yeah. he was famous. He was known as a woods boss and he, oh, good. The sun's out. Man. So he was known as, oh, he was famous in for running. He was the only guy that would run a two man saw like made for two men as a, like one man. He was the only one man to run a two man saw in camp or in the whole company. It's so just he a could, badass. So he would just, he was, he was, strong enough to take one side and saw it for a, a saw for two people, basically. No, it was the, uh, it, no, it was the electric chainsaw, like the, oh, okay. the actual chainsaw. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the big ass chainsaw. And they got like two handles, you know, for two dudes and he would just man it. If I <laughs> am half the man, my grandpa was, I will be succeeding. <laughs> just a he, freaking man. He's still around. No, passed away four or five years ago. I think five years ago. Yeah, because I moved here five years ago. So he passed right before I moved. Yeah. Grandpa George. Grandpa George. It's it's important to honor the memory of those. Especially kinda, Grandpa George. That's kind of cool though, because my, you know, all my grandparents, they're oh, they built houses for a living or <laughs> they were no good. So it's always cool to to witness somebody that had especially a lumberjack that's the that's just kind of bottom line cool so <laughs> i know that's why i always say it like if grandpa ever comes up i'm always like oh yeah 78 79 back-to-back logging champion it's like programmed response because <laughs> it's badass man there has been a lot of uh what what is the one thing that you have been you know news wise been focused on for the past however long it's been going on. Is there anything interesting that catches oh. your eye? Do you mean in, in the whole climate of the, of what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. The vaccine hundred percent. Really? Focus on researching, watching videos all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, what vac- about you? Are you vaccinated? Um, I don't want to. Okay. I got you. <laughs> I want the interview to go well, but that being said, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not, I'm not a political show, but yeah, I mean, I did because um, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, and that's COVID the thing. scared it's the COVID scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. I'm not a judger. Like, yeah, I'm hundred percent. Like, if I'm a I'm a freedom fighter, you know, I'm a free I, I'm pro freedom. Like if you want to get it, awesome. Like 100%. I'm not judging you at 100%. all. Like yeah. Like it it's each of our you said it fear. So it's it's your risk versus reward or benefit that that each of us should run through, not be yeah. told. <laughs> and that's my issue with it. You know <laughs> well you asked what mine when mine has been the uh that Alec Baldwin Thing where he uh, was on the movie set and he shot and killed that 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 lady, man. That, yeah, that was people are man. People kill me, man. They they are talking bad about Alec Baldwin. He should have had the gun to begin. He was filming an effing movie. He's filming a movie. It went yeah. off. If anybody's fault, it's the guy, the 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 prop, whoever that the prop guy, the prop guy, hundred percent. Because Alec Baldwin mentioned that he threw it to him and said, hey, cold gun, which means there's nothing in it. It's blank, whatever. So he lied to him. I mean, he lied to him. It's his fault. I don't know if he, I don't know the whole story. I don't know if he lied to him, but something had to have happened to where they were using the gun and supposedly they had real bullets. I don't know. But I mean, Alec Baldwin is facing this big backlash for no, for no reason. It's because people want to be, you know, I heard somebody say the other day, he's a gun, uh, he's he's a he's anti-gun. Why is he holding a gun in a movie? And I'm like, well, first off, it's a movie, he's an actor, yeah, it's a western. Yeah. Uh, how else do you expect to take these cowboys down? <laughs> you know, I know. I agree. It's and I'm a I'm a not a you know, I'm pro-gun, but I hundred yeah. percent agree with you, like. It's that's how politics are, and especially the media. It just gets things like that. The spin on it is ridiculous. It's nice when people can, like you, you just reason it out and like, okay, what was the process here? Some guy 
gave him the gun <laughs> and either was negligent in checking it or just set it up. Yeah. It's crazy. I, like, I'm sure he's upset about I it. I could tell you right now how this would work. I have these headphones on. You have Apple headphones in. I could say, oh, mm-hmm. I, I like Apple headphones better than these headphones. Boom. That gets out to the wrong hands. It's obviously already political. You know, people that were there, they're for this yeah. person. And it's like, not everything is politics, brother. I mean, well, I mean, in the world it is, you know, it's all comes down to politics, but it's like, you don't have to make everything political. Stop that. No, it's like, in my mind, it's, there's like two different, two different mindsets. It's like political or be a real human, like actual human thought, yeah. <laughs> like, re- like be, like be, be real. Yeah. And it's nice when it's nice when you get a politician that knows how to be real, which, which rarely happens, especially if they're in office for a significant amount of time, because inevitably they're, they're in bed with some corporation because they have to be to fund their campaign. You know, there is, not one politician that has ever taken the stage is in the house now that is real or has been truthful. I mean, everybody, all that, they all lie just to get elected. I mean, you know, sides, right. They're like, we're going to do this. And then it's, it's crazy. It's both sides, both sides. It's it's not one. It's not Democrat. It's not Republican. It's both. They're both going to be like, Hey, look, we're going to do this. And then they didn't do it. And it's like, are you surprised? Are you shocked? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Are you man. in? Uh, are you in Nashville right now? Yeah, just north. Just north. Did you? In the uh, town of Greenbrier. You moved. You said you moved out there five years ago. What was? Uh, mm-hmm. What was that journey like? Were you obviously you were probably a little frightened, a little scared because you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I don't really have. I have a huge comfort zone, though. Okay, what does that mean? Um, I was in. Means I wasn't scared at all. Okay. I just do stuff. I mean, in my younger years, not that I'm old, but when I was younger, I, you know, like college age, coming out of high school. Yeah, I was definitely scared. But geez, since then, I don't know. I just I do like the adventure. So I was in Boise, Idaho, before this. And I played a, uh, so I would, I just, I started a band. I was working, I was managing my college baseball coaches, um, his baseball academy. It's called the Idaho Cubs. Hmm. And I just thought I should start a band before I die. Otherwise I'd regret it. So I started one up and then I played the songwriter. I've always written songs my whole life. And I was in this songwriter showcase in Boise, Idaho. And the guy who put it on was the, he goes by the name of Gary Tackett. And he was, turned out he was Billy Currington's first lead guitar player and tour manager. And so I played a few songs. He's like, Whoa, man, are those yours? I was like, yeah, it's a songwriter's showcase, you idiot. (laughs) You know? And um, he's like, wow. He's like, if you want a chance at getting these published, like, what are you doing here? You have to go to Nashville. So I literally just packed up, um, my car three, three weeks later, I just drove to Nashville and totally did not have a plan, like no money, especially, you know, it costs money to move. So any money I had was just moving costs kind of, and, uh, and just no plan just showed up and ended up crashing at, you know, a friend's sister's house, <laughs> um, just random. So yeah, that was the start of it. What did you do for a living? And, um, Um, so I, nothing for a minute, it took me, it didn't take me very long. So a couple weeks in, I, um, hopped on board with the baseball Academy down in Brentwood, you know, South of where all the, right. Where all the loaded musicians, you know, and producers, everybody. So, uh, hopped on with the baseball Academy down there and started that. I was basically the janitor at first, which is humbling. Um, but, you know, and then I got it back into teaching lessons, which is luck. I'm lucky to be able to do that because you can make some good, 
good money. And, um, and then all, only about a month or two after that, I was, um, I, I was out with a girl and I was at Rippy's bar across from Bridgestone arena and, and Tootsie's right there. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Nash? You've been to Nash. Right? No, I haven't. Oh, but okay. I know where, I know where so, all yeah. stuff is though. So yeah, I've studied it. Yeah. Yes. Good. So like kitty corner from Bridgestone mm-hmm. or right across the street is Rippy's and then, and then across the street is Tootsie's. And anyways, I was dancing with this girl and the lead singer, Jared Ames. Um, he's like, kept calling me tiny dancer. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, and then, you know, in Nashville, we're always, we're working out of a tip jug. So we're always asking for requests. And, and so he kept asking for requests. I was like, well, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to talk smack, why don't you play tiny dancer? And, and, uh, he wouldn't do it. So finally he got angry and said, you come do it. So I, I hopped up and sang in the, the drummer was um, a, just a sweet lady from South Dakota named Anita Hill. And she, she does, she does a lot of the booking at mm-hmm. um, and runs the auditions at Tootsie. So after I got up, she's like, Oh, come in on Saturday and you'll have yourself a job. So that right then I started working for Tootsie's. In, in fact, so I came that, that following Saturday, they, Tootsie's has open auditions every Saturday, two to six, every like people from, you know, Tootsie's is world famous. So, everybody people from across the world are it's i mean it's chock full and so i hopped up got hired on the spot and then started sunday morning and then just started playing five five to seven days a week acoustic shifts in the morning at tootsies so that was five four or five years ago four and a half years ago i think and so yeah i did the tootsie circuit and then that was that's how i made money at first so morning shift versus night shift at tootsies what is the obviously there's a big difference because a lot of more people are there at night they're experiencing the nightlife what's the big difference between playing yeah. in the mornings and the night um mornings are always not always but mostly acoustic and i'm just like a acoustic head like okay i'd rather see a guy like like a you know a guy just with his acoustic guitar singing and playing cuz it's like just the raw mm-hmm. it's your voice you know, your songs and your, your guitar playing. And so, so yeah, morning stuff is just more like acoustic, more, everyone uses the word intimate, which, which is a good word, you know? Um, and at least with Tootsies, um, there, we always shared the stage with two other guys. So usually there's three musicians, three acoustics, and we just take turns playing songs and harmonize and play lead along with each other and stuff. And, um, and you know, the night is always a band shift um, at Tootsie's and always packed because it's Tootsie's. So yeah, just just crazy drunkenness at night. And during the day, it's it's just people, you know, nursing their hangover, hair of the dog, <laughs> rehydrating, and older crowd too, usually. So I just I did the band shifts for a while, and honestly, I just I didn't get into it. Um, mostly because I'm just, I'm a songwriter and at heart, you know, and, um, and so the morning shifts, I just was, was able to play my originals more often, you know, not all the time, but more often. And even the songs, you know, if you play with a band, you're kind of locked into how the song actually goes. And I'm not really a stickler for details on that side of things. I just like to put my own spin on things and, sort of ad lib and whatever comes out comes out so that's fun for me too is to have an acoustic guitar and play whatever songs requested in my own style you know and that's not happening with the band at all (laughs) yeah so you mentioned that you were you done songwriting for a long time uh before you moved into Nashville when did you realize that your songs were getting somewhat okay to start performing them (laughs) that's a great way to put it i think probably because you know in college i play songs i'd written and i never thought they were i don't know i i I got some good validation in college and people are like yeah good song but i just never i don't know even to this day i think i've never really written a song that i'm like i think is awesome but um i would say the biggest validation on that front was um i entered and I entered in what's called the Colgate Country Showdown, 
I think now it's called the Texaco Country Showdown. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a nationwide songwriting competition. So up in Kalispell, they, so they're all, they're in every state, you know, all across the nation. And you do like, they have local auditions and then they do a state competition. And then you go to regionals. Garth Brook is, is famous for either winning it or being a semifinalist or something okay. uh, in this. And so, um, yeah, so I entered that in our chapter um, of the showdown in Kalispell is the largest one in the nation. So they do like over 500 people came in audition and then they ran out the majestic Valley arena, which is the biggest venue, which is not very big. Um, and so, so, and they do a final 25 and they actually do two nights of it. Cause there's, there's 25 finalists and there's like 4,000 people that show up. So mm. I won that, which was pretty exciting because i was just a you know at the t- just a just doing songwriting f- for fun you know just because i enjoyed it so that was cool and i went on to state and then lost at state i actually lost to a guy he didn't have his right arm he had no right arm and he had a claw and he taped a guitar pick to his claw and played wow i i had no chance of doing that guy <laughs> and he was good though i mean he was, he was legit good too so um i think at that point i was like hey maybe i could do this you know for more than a hobby you know yeah 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 i got it well i want to um i want to play your song tiki bar on a beach real quick here we go here's a little bit of that you could find me way down south at the tiki bar on the beach music playing in the background all the way All right, so are you a fan of tiki bars on beaches? And if so, where the heck did you find a tiki bar on a beach in Montana? You, you do not. <laughs> we don't even have a beach. I, that's what I was, that, was, that was my point. <laughs> I know you're you're totally on point because like this doesn't make any sense. I'm from Montana. I'm literally obsessed with beaches. Although we do have Flathead Lake, which is the largest freshwater okay. lake west of the Mississippi. She's a beaut. But even on there, there's not a beach. Like there's yeah. <laughs> like there's a half there's a half ass it's sort of a beach, but it's I wouldn't even call it a beach. Um no, it's maybe it's I'm just like a a hot weather guy. Really? Maybe it's just being growing sick of the eight month, eight month long winters in Kalispell. Just that lasts forever. <laughs> but um, my dream has literally always been to own a house on a beach. And that's what the song's about. Because I, So I wrote this one right after I moved to Nashville. And um, it's literally about, and, and, you know, I had on my mind, you know, I, I mean, I just took a major leap to pursue, to pursue a dream of mine, music. So that was on my mind. So I was kind of writing about chasing your dreams. That was kind of the, it wasn't even a, I wasn't even sitting down to write. It was kind of just a songwriting exercise to get back into it. And mm-hmm. it turned into a song, this song. And so that, it, yeah, it's just about my dream of owning a, a house on a beach, probably in Florida. I don't know. We could go Bahamas. Depends on how much I could sell these songs for. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, like you could, literally find me at the nearest tiki bar pretty much every day now was this your first so that's one of my dreams was this your first music video to film or yes now that looks like a pretty expensive pretty regular looking music video besides you know because a lot of people if this their first music video it would look like like you basically filmed it on a camcorder you know just the normal you know cheap not very expensive stuff how did did you I don't want to know your finances, but kind of how did the video come together and be kind of so expensive to create for your first one? Yeah, no, it, it costs, it costs about eight grand a video. That's not, a, yeah. I mean, it was a good production. I was, I was pretty lucky to have met um, a guy who is my label. It's called uh, my label is called lots to do just a small label, but um, I happen to meet this guy through, we have the same, he's a, he's an artist as well. 
Um, his name is Tom Sexton. And actually, he's cut three of my songs. And actually, he's cut more than three. He's cut. And so that was kind of that was kind of our arrangement. He initially asked me if he could cut some of my songs and that he had heard uh, through our through our mutual, our same vocal coach. Mm-hmm. And so he um yeah, he cut a he cut a few songs and then um ended up forming his own label and then uh picked me up and so that's where my financing comes from is Mr. Tom Sexton. And actually right now he cut one of my songs called The Best Night. Right now it is number fifty-two on the billboard chart, which is very good. I'm excited for him. Oh, wow, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Fifty-two. That's any anything you know anything that makes a billboard is oh, yeah, right. getting some spins right at least like a little the, bit that's the chart at least a little bit yeah <laughs> so this video has over 100,000 views kind of i know it's kind of a loaded question but what was the process of you know putting this out there and saying hey watch this video in order for it to get a hundred thousand views. It has to be a lot of a uh, word of mouth or something. Yeah. I don't really know. I was just talking about that with my dad. Like what makes stuff take off? Right. I don't know. I, I wish I, if I knew, I think I'd feel like this next one, which is coming out this Friday. Yeah. Um, would, would for sure do that. You know, maybe I'd have a formula or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a techie guy and, you know, I mean, I do, I have a degree in business, but I still somehow know nothing about marketing, especially social media marketing. I do know if you're an attractive female, you're, you're going to go viral. So I do know that. And that's pretty much what happened in that video, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't know if you've seen a clip of the next one, but oh man, the next one, we just found this great gal. She's a, she's a pro dancer here in Nashville. Her name's Kimberly. I think it's Janicek is her last name. And anyway, she was our main character for this next one. Total babe and great dancer. Terrific dancer. Who was that blonde chick in the uh, Tiki bar on the beach? So her name's Kayla and she was just, um, uh, the, the videographer and director that his company found her that they kind of have a group. Uh, It works, you know, up here in Nashville, I've noticed the videographers and, and the um, studios like that, they kind of use casting crews and right. And, but down in Florida, it's more like a Facebook community of actors. And, and I think that's how it happens in, in more non-commercial places like, you know, outside of New York, LA and maybe Nashville. I was watching it before we jumped on here and I was like, Jared's a good looking guy, but she's she's way too good looking for anybody. (laughs) So I was like, including me. Right. That's where I was going with this. I was like, he's a good looking guy, but, but, Hundred percent. She's at least a nine and a half, ten. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Crazy. That being said, that being said, Kayla and I, the day after the shoot, we did spend the day at at the beach drinking tequilas, which was lovely. Oh yeah, you got to know her real well, huh? <laughs> oh, no comment on that. Just a, just a shrug of the shoulder. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're for, we're friends i got you she's I'm, a great gal i'm messing around with you jared before i love it <clears throat> before we jump off here man i want to talk about this new single that you got coming out at the time we're recording the 29th of uh october so i've heard it your um i don't remember who the your manager somebody sent it to me when we uh got you on here and um the pr team yeah pr team yeah it's pretty catchy Pretty catchy. So where are you coming up with all these catchy rhythms? Like, are you working with other people? Are you doing it by yourself? No, I'm a solo. I'm a lone wolf. Um, You know, co-writing is a big, big deal here in Nashville. And I know, I know why for multiple reasons. And uh, one of the reasons is just, I always, I like to think of like old, I don't know how you feel about old dominion. I'm a huge fan of these guys. I think they're, they're great old dominion. And Shane McAnally, like those yeah, they write together four or five all the time. guys. 
yeah, they, that's how, you know, they moved to Nashville, they met each other and it was like, yeah, it, that was their crew, you know? And so I know why, cause I, you can, it's like a, a, you know, a rising tide raises all ships, right? Like you can, you can network with each other and you're more powerful as a team that way. But I don't know. I just don't like, um, sharing my ideas. <laughs> John Mayer said it once. He's like, when asked about co-writing, yeah, he was like, yeah, I, I guess I'm just kind of selfish that way. But, um, I don't know that I'm selfish. I just, <clears throat> I kind of have my own process that I go through. I mean, on this particular one, um, it was my sister's idea. She called me and she's like, Hey, I just realized something like when I drink, you know, rum, I go completely, I'm a crazy, like I just have a crazy night. And my sister, she's a doctor of the piano. Incredible. And so she's a professor. She just moved here to Tennessee. She's a professor at uh, Vol State. And she's also a booze hound. So it's hilarious. Um, and so she, yeah, she called me with that thought. And she gave another example of when she drinks wine, she just like, it's like a truth serum. It spills her guts. So that got me thinking about other girls I'd hung out with. So that's how I put together what she's drinking on based on, you know, how we act. And so, but my process is just the same as I hear from a lot of other artists, you know, just like that idea from my sister would go in my notepad. I might sing something terrible into my voice recorder and then I'll sit down and, and I'll, I'll set a clock for like 20 minutes and just bang out the song idea. And if it's any good, I'll keep writing it. If it's not good, I'll just trash it. So I go through hundreds of these when I'm in writing mode, you know, of these just 20 minute song ideas. What, in your opinion, so far, the year 2021, what has been the mm -hmm. best album that you have listened to currently? Here, I'll preface this with this is that I am honestly not a big, I've never been a big music listener. Like I don't just sit down and listen to music. I'm all, I always listen in passing. I do though. I have friends that are, and they send me awesome songs all the time. And especially lately, um, I, I learn new songs from getting song requests, you know, playing, playing downtown Nashville. And so, um, that being said, I, I have to go with Morgan Wallen's album just because I, I was go ahead, going, go ahead. I was going to say that I was like very controversial yeah. pick, but I have to go Morgan Wallen, the double album that oh. I'm not lying. Jared, that shit is amazing. It, it from beginning to it, all 30, whatever songs there are, are absolutely like how do you fantastic. It's crazy to me. Like, how do you put together, like, usually we're putting out one or two hits on an album and the yeah. rest are just, you know, here's me as an artist putting out some songs. No, they're all good. They I mean, are all, yes. <laughs> I I always call them, I, I call him the Eminem of country music because that's, that's of good. how he fits his melodies in. It's so unique that nobody does it like that. I mean, it's very innovative and it's, I, I, I mean, I have to go with it. I mean, he got kicked off his record label, and it is still killing the charts. It is still selling every what week. What does that tell you? That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, I, I, even though he's he's even killing all TikTok with those little acoustics that he's doing, and I'm like, I know, bro. Like he, did I love song. him. I always oh, watch him. I I do too. I love Morgan Wallen. I'm I'm one of those uh, Morgan Wallen lovers. You know, I, for some for some weird reason, Morgan Wallen has always just always been at the top of my mind whenever I'm listening to music. And I'm like, you know, I need to listen to a new, a new album because I need to, because I do this thing every year and I do the best of albums of the year. And I'm like, I got a listed album. Oh, cool. But then I always find myself going back to the Morgan Wallen or even the new Danny Shea album. And I'm like, it, this, it, it oh, is phenomenal. With you on that too. Majorly. Yep. Danny Shea album was great. It's, I, I was not a fan of their previous album. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was that good, but this one for some reason they killed it with those 10 tracks, man. It was it, it was it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100% agree. 100%. I always take dark turns in these podcasts. So I want to know 
what is one conspiracy theory that you believe in? Well, you're like, you know, or not necessarily believe in, but you're like, okay, this does make sense a little bit. I mean, um, okay, let's see. Well, this is where you got to decide, like, do like, what do I want to put out there in the public? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I put everything out. Let, I don't care. <laughs> I love that. Let me let me preface my statement with this: is that I acknowledge that this is a theory, and it I could be completely wrong about this. Everybody could be wrong. I mean, uh, it's a theory. Uh-huh. You're never gonna know any yeah, of this. Right. You're never gonna know any of this. So, no. The only way to know, and I swear I would do this if I was a billionaire. Like us talking about a theory, whatever theory comes out, I swear I would spend money and research and investigate these yeah, theories. I, I would. would too. I would too. And then, and then the question is like, what do you do with this information? I have a feeling you have a podcast, so you would probably launch. You would get it out there. I bet. I would get um, it out there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I do think that um, uh, Michael Jackson is still alive. Did you see the video of him jumping out of the ambulance? No. Have you seen I that? See this. Hang on. Let me see no, if I can I, find I it real this. quick while we talk about this. But what what makes you think um, that he's still alive? While while I look this up, it's the Dave Dave interview on David Letterman. Did you see that? No, I haven't. Okay, look that up. You got to look it up. What, what did he David say? David Letterman interview. Oh, okay. So he said, it's this guy and his name was, I'm, I'm not kidding, Dave Dave, like a double name, like okay. Dave Dave. Uh-huh. The first name and last name, same name. <clears throat> and he was, he, he was a burn victim and he did have talk in a high pitched, you know, Michael Jackson voice. And he claimed to have um, been, uh, or Michael, he claimed that, Michael Jackson had paid, like he was abused as a, as a child by his dad and he was burned by his dad. And so Michael Jackson paid for all his surgeries and and kept him alive basically his whole life. And I think that was Michael Jackson himself. All right, Jared, I have the video just one second. Okay. Can you see my screen? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Watch this. Okay. There's no, there's no video. There's no sound to it. Um, So watch, here we go. I got it. You're going to think I'm crazy, but watch this. Tell me this is not Michael Jackson coming out of this corner van that just pulled out of his house. (laughs) Same body shape. Same body shape. Same body shape. I'm going to go back. Look at that. Look at that. (laughs) <laughs> oh bro, i'm telling snap. you man. i'm snap. telling you man i there is something up with that michael jackson thing I, I used to think for the longest time elvis was still alive i don't think that anymore because all my <clears throat> my questions were answered um but the michael jackson yeah. that michael jackson that is still um that's still a creepy thing to me because yeah <sighs> Yeah. But for me, the one conspiracy me, that I would it believe gives me in, goosebumps. It, especially mm-hmm. with that video I just showed you, I was like, man, there's no way. But uh, one conspiracy that I believe in 100%, Jared, is okay. we did not land on the moon in 1969. Really? I think that because it was the space race. People were, it was Russia versus us. Who could get to the moon first? Now, I'm not, I'm not going to go in too much detail because it's, it's just crazy. I could be here all day. But think about it. If you look at the stars and when it does this pan around, there's six stars here, six stars here, six and six. If you're in fucking space, you're telling me there's only six stars that are the same lineup in each portion of the circle? <laughs> and then, of course, the okay, flag... So- and then the flag flying like there's a breeze on the moon and some shit like that. Uh, I've seen that one. 
Now, what, back me up on the six stars thing again. Explain that to me further. Well, no, I'm not, I'm saying six. <laughs> there, there was a certain number of stars, right? When you when you're watching okay. it, when you're watching the moon landing, Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, then it's going to turn to the right as they're walking. It's the same pattern of stars on each. I got you. It's the same pattern. It's, it's the same pattern, and I'm like, when they filmed if it, you're, if yeah. you're in outer space. There's stars everywhere, so why would there be the same pattern? Could it be a there coincidence? W- there wouldn't be. Sure, but there wouldn't. Not, there would not. There would be everywhere. There wouldn't just be a certain pattern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm with you. I got to After we get done, I'm definitely gonna have to research that. I mean, think of. I Can mean, I you, throw? Sure, go ahead. If you got another one, throw it out. Throw another one. Yeah, go ahead. Just because we were talking about Michael um, Paul McCartney. Mm. Um, Mm. have you looked into that one at all i was actually my guy my label guy tom sexton introduced me to this that paul mccartney do you know what i'm talking about oh i know 100 what you're talking about he, i want to get tom yeah, yeah, okay if tom introduced you to this i want to get tom sexton on the podcast and we do just a whole episode about paul's dead because that i think that would be fantastic <laughs> oh he would love it and the, here's the thing about tom is he uh, he studied acting in L.A. for 10 years, his first 10 years out of college, and specifically comedy. So the guy's hilarious. Okay. He would love it. You you would die. He's just a character. He's hilarious. We'll, we'll get together, and I'll have you send me his information, and I'll get, and I'll get in touch with him after the podcast. That'd be super cool. But uh, yes, that. yes, the, the, the Paul is dead is very, is very, Interesting, but here here's where I stand with it. Could it just be a regular conspiracy that the Beatles grabbed hold of? They knew it was happening, so they said, "You know what? We're gonna fuck with our audience. We're gonna screw with yeah. our audience, and we're gonna put Paul is dead into every song we can." Could that be a possibility, though? Yes, hundred percent. But mm-hmm. it does make sense that on one of the album covers, that looks like they're looking down into a casket or a grave, and then. Um. Yeah, Abbey Road. I, I'm looking at the. I have an Abbey Road poster. I'm looking at it, and then he's the only one barefoot for some reason. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's, this stuff always gives me goosebumps. Like, but again, I would love if I had. I mean, you know, I'm. I'm. You. You and I are busy making a living. But if I was not busy making a living and I had the dough, I would hundred percent spend my time researching and proving or disproving these theories it would be incredible it's kind of like the avril lavigne conspiracy you heard that one where she died after skater boy and all that came out now this is just a a look-alike that the media got and i'm like you can't say every artist has died (laughs) and has come back as a whatever but that's so funny the great marketing plan apparently great marketing plan and, and it happens to work because it gets word around and you're like wow let me let me go listen to Avril Lavigne's old stuff versus her new stuff and you're gonna listen and you're gonna be like yeah and then obviously there's no difference but you're gonna be like I can hear a difference but does this sound like her voice mm-hmm. and there's no difference <laughs> but that thing's got your mind warped <laughs> I mean what's fresher is the the Joe Biden one as well what, what, Donald Trump, I don't, I don't know. You know, what, what, what's different about what's Joe? The, what's the Joe Biden conspiracy? I don't think I know this. Same thing. It's a same thing. It's a different guy now. Oh, okay. Or that it's, it's floating around there. Or that Hillary Clinton's a lizard person and that stupid shit. <laughs> I don't know about the lizard one. I, yeah, I, I, I don't saw one it's... about like Joe Biden's earlobes are different and stuff like that. There's, there, yeah, it's out there. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about the lizard. Per- yeah, I don't just... believe that. I don't believe that shit. That's stupid. It's but it's... ever since the movie, Day. Did you ever see the movie Days? Days? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. It's an old movie. It's mm-hmm. just specifically about that. Like the president's name is Dave. I don't know his last name. Chappelle, maybe. No, just Dave. And he, um, he, yeah, he goes down with an illness, and so they put another lookalike in there. Wow. It just gets the wheels turning. Well, let me ask you this, and we'll and we'll uh, we'll close this down. Okay. 
I was listening. I was listening to a podcast. For some reason, I love listening to freaky podcasts, and it always freaks me out. And I'm always looking behind my shoulders, making sure nobody's there. <laughs> but I was listening to a, an episode. Just finished it this morning, and it's about the Bohemian Grove. Are you familiar with that? It does ring a bell, but I don't know. You need to look into the Bohemian okay. Grove. This crap is freaky. It happens in a certain part, a certain wooded part of California. And all these higher arcs, like actors, bigger celebrities, presidents, former secretaries, all these people are going into this seance. And there's living, there's video proof of all these people that have been there. And it's like they worship this giant owl. And they like sacrifice kids and they sacrifice. That's it. It's absolutely. That's why I've heard of it. I've heard of, I've heard of the owl and the owl has a name. I yes. can't remember what it, it I, I was. I can't either. But like, yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking. I it's just heard a, about this. It's yeah. absolutely <clears throat> fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. It, and I'm like, what? It, because it makes me nervous just talking about it. right? Because now. you don't know, you know, you don't know what, what they're doing. Could they be planning to. Apparently, it's been going on since 1890 or something like that, 1900. So, ooh. oh, you know what? I I just watched a little bit of it. Was uh, Queen Elizabeth started this? The the first Queen Elizabeth in 1500s. That's when it started. That's what I heard. And she and she really? had. I can't remember the significance of the owl. Yeah, I just saw something on this. Yeah. Yeah, I can't either. Anyways, um, that, that's all I can get into. <laughs> but that that's why it rung a bell is because I saw that Queen yeah. Elizabeth started that. Anyways, that yeah, but that I will crap. be. I, go ahead. I was going to say that crap is creepy. I don't even want to look that stuff up on my computer because it could be like they could bust in my door. You're going to jail. Oh, shit. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. Yeah, I want in. Or wait. <laughs> Well, the, apparently, you're with us or you're- apparently the waiting list is like 45 years to just get into this, just to even be thought about entering the Bohemian Grove. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> exclusive. I don't know any other sort of organization that it takes 45 years to get in. Right. <clears throat> well, Jared, so I know must this, be a big deal. I know this music podcast took a whole deep, dark turn, but I love it because nobody expects it to do this. Um, but Appreciate you being on for the for this hour fifty or this fifty minutes that we've been going. Um, go ahead and take as much time as you want and uh, promote anything that you want to promote. Oh, it's not going to be much. I I have what she's drinking on my music videos number two, a second song on my EP coming out this Friday or it'll be this Thursday at midnight. So uh, check it out on YouTube and Spotify, all the streaming services, and it's been playing on country radio now for i think two and a half weeks or something and as of now it is number i'm gonna say i just got the report i think it's number 14 on the world independent music charts so tiki bar made it to number three on that chart and uh anyway check it out what she's drinking on this friday youtubes spotify's (laughs) etc all right jared appreciate it brother thanks dylan people are giving it crap because it was either boring or it was not as good as the first one that came out uh 2018 maybe um i will agree and i will also disagree um it was not as good as the original as the first one um but i sure i felt it was boring but a lot of horror movies are boring uh but because they're trying to get into the rhythm of the movie um but you have to understand this is a trilogy. They're making this into three parts. So this one, you know, I kind of see it as like the Hangover series or the Pitch Perfect series. The first one's fantastic. The second one's not so good. But the third one is way better than the second one. But the third one doesn't do too good because of the way the second one was. And the second one's the best one, you know, in box office terms. So, but I do feel that this was just a bridge to get to the third movie. Um, I think it had to happen this way uh, to get to the third film and, and, and finally kill 
Michael Myers, and I and I think if um, Jamie Lee Curtis can't kill this time, they just need to end the movies because he should have been dead a long time ago. So, but that's uh, that's my thoughts on it. I will easily give the movie three out of five. Now we're going to review the movie Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I watched this um, opening night, and I was a little skeptic going into it because, one, the first one was was okay, um, was not the best Marvel movie or the best superhero movie. not even really a superhero. It's like an anti-superhero. Um, and it was only 90 minutes, which is good for regular movies. I don't think movies should be over, you know, two hours. Every movie doesn't have to be over two hours. There's some that are that that have to be like that, like a superhero movie, or, you know, I don't mind true stories being over two hours because they're trying to fit the whole story in there. But, you know, a John Wick doesn't have to be two hours and fifteen minutes. Hey, a quick hour and forty. There we go. Um, so, but like I said, I was skeptic going into this movie. Okay, I liked it, but I don't like the fact that Tom Hardy and Venom are goofy. I I do not like the fact. I've never read the, the, people have told me that Venom was goofy in the comics. I don't know, but I just think it was a little bit, they went too far in some in some parts of the movie, and I think the movie was actually rushed, to be honest with you, because they were trying to fit everything. In, and this is the worst part about a superhero movie. I think they were trying to put everything into a ninety-minute movie, and for some reason, it ended up being a dud. Now, with Marvel, you have to understand that they do everything for a reason. And maybe the reason for this 90-minute movie was to test and be like, okay, well, let's test if this does great and we can actually fit the whole storyline into 90 minutes. Maybe maybe the movies from, you know, from past Eternals or past Spider-Man will be around the 90 to 100-minute mark. Possibly. But they were also telling a story. But here's where you don't get with the superheroes. With, with any Marvel or DC movie, you get a two and a half hour movie because you're trying to build the story. You're trying to build the villain. You're trying to build why is he really this villain? Why is he this? You didn't get that that much. You got that he was in prison. Uh, you know, Venom had put him there. Eddie Brock had put him there. And the movie, he you know, he kind of breaks out of prison and that's the whole point. He breaks out of prison, rescues this chick, that was his wife at one point, and now he's going on a wreckage to defeat the people that put him in prison and separated him and his wife. That's all fine and dandy. It was a great story. But they should have added a little bit more context behind Carnage getting out of prison and disrupting everything. There was like a 15 minutes of just of that and it, it could have been, you know, 30 minutes in between each, you know, in between the movie. And there was only one fight scene in the movie, which I think to conquer and have a great superhero movie type feel, you have to have a few fight scenes in between the movie. The beginning, the middle, and the final one at the end. Maybe even a little one in between each of those. But the reason I say that is, is because if you watch every single Marvel movie or DC movie, you figure out oh why they're having this competition. You know, the, the bad guy's always going to win the first couple of fights. Then the good guy, whether it be Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, is going to figure out, this is what I have to do to beat him. And he gets better each time until the final showdown and of course, the good guy always wins. You didn't really see that here. You saw one fight scene, and I think the fight scene kind of ended at a dud. Um, so, I mean, the movie was okay for itself. It was better than the second one. 
uh, sorry, the second one was better than the first one. It was better than the first Venom. It was just this one was, I felt it was rushed. And I think if it was a little bit longer, maybe even 20 minutes longer, they could have added something in there that would not have rushed it as much. Now, the post credit scene. This is where we started to get, okay, we see the future of where Venom is going. We're excited, but is it really going to happen, or are they just hyping everybody up just to hype them up? That's where, you know, that's, 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 that's where the film meets, and you don't really know what's going to happen until the next movie that's supposed to come out or the next Venom. So, I'm going to give Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, three out of five? I give it three out of five. I gave the first one like two. This one was slightly better, was not the best. Um, but it, if you did like the goofiness from the first Venom, then obviously you're going to love the goofiness in this one. Uh, I'm just not a Tom Hardy fan. I, I, he played in one movie that I loved, um, uh, Warrior, uh, where they were the you know MMA fighters. I love that one. But the Tom Hardy has just stopped my cup of tea. He's too... To me, Eddie Brock does not come off as this big jacked up guy because he's Venom. I would think he would be kind of a nerdy a nerdy newspaper article writer. And that's why he has Venom is because Venom is stronger than he actually is. I, I, I don't know. Anyways, that's my thoughts on Venom Let There Be Carnage. I give it 3 out of 5. For a Marvel fan, mm, watch it, I guess. But if you're just in it because you're a Tom Hardy fan... Uh, I wouldn't say watch it. But if you're just a Marvel fan and you've watched every Marvel movie, why not watch it? I did. So, appreciate you guys listening in. See you guys next Monday on the HodgePodge Podcast.